Transformation. Today's purpose. We are here today to receive from the Lord what we've come in here needing, but also to get equipped to go out into the world to help meet their need. We have a purpose, church, and that is to meet the needs of this world, to be able to deliver to them the good news, to be able to show them that there is a better way. But before that, we've got to get it in here. We've got to get it uh, uh, individually as well as corporately. We've got to get filled up with his spirit and with his word so that we can go out and make a difference in the world. Amen? That's why we're here. Open up your hearts. As Elizabeth just prayed, that we would have ears to hear and hearts to receive. Amen? All right. So we are looking at transformation over the last few day, last few weeks. We've been looking at transformation because our life is about change and our church is about change. Everybody say change. The Word of God calls it transform. The Word of God calls it transform, but our Christ as followers is to help others recognize that they need to change too. We're not trying to change someone. We get married and think we can change our spouse. Good luck with that. It doesn't work. Transformation happens physically, but what God's talking about supernaturally, spiritually, is a transformation of the mind. We've got to change our thinking so that our new thinking produces doing, and that doing produces righteous doing. Righteous doing, according to God's word. Uh, Romans chapter 2. I'm sorry, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and custom of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know what God's will is for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. What is God's will for you? Good and pleasing and perfect. When, it says, then you will know, after we allow this transformation to take place. We've been kind of comparing this, not kind of, we have been, I have been comparing this transformation uh, to the uh, transformation monarch cycle of growth, going from the egg to the caterpillar all the way to the butterfly. Now again, to tell you the end of the story, you are the butterfly. Once you've allowed real transformation to take place, You are a butterfly in some area. You are a ten in something. You are created to do something. Everybody's not supposed to do the same thing. Thank God we don't have 200 people in here all doing the same thing. Then we'd get one thing done. But we are created differently. But you are to be that beautiful butterfly. That's the potential that is in you. There is potential in you. Unfortunately, though, we go from the egg to the caterpillar, and the caterpillar is a fun stage. You just eat. How many here love to eat? I love to eat. I got up this morning thinking, man, I got to run because I want to (laughs) eat. I'm telling you, I run to eat. I run to eat. We have been making homemade ice cream the last two weekends. We went to Ralph's Donuts last night, and I'm thinking, oh, I want a donut, but I don't want to run. But in order to eat the donut, I have to run. The problem with the church, the problem with us individually is we get stuck in this spot. We stay here. 
eating and drinking and taking in. Even in church, we come in here and sit in a pew and go to Sunday school and do some stuff and just take and eat and get fat. We get fat. But do you remember last week we talked about an analogy of an elephant where young, at a young age, they tie a rope around an elephant and put a stake in the ground and that elephant tries to get loose and he can't. Pulls and pulls and pulls. And then realizes he's gotten programmed to where now the trainer can just put a light rope around their leg, barely put the stake in the ground, but they believe they're stuck. They believe it when all they've got to do is just pull on it and it would come up. But we stay stuck in this place. Stuck in that awkward phase where we have been programmed to think small. Do you know how much potential you have? How willing are you to reach for God's fullest measure? Did you hear me? How willing are you to go after the fullest measure that God has for you? Your potential is like an iceberg. You see the 10% of its mass floating above the water while the other 90% hides underneath the surface. You, under the surface, you have the full potential of that iceberg, but most of us only use that 10%. But with God's help, he can tap in and begin to bring forth that 100%. Potential is what I like to say is power on idle. Have you ever had a car, have you ever had a race car, a, a muscle car? When it's on idle, all the power's still there, you're just not using it. Most of the time when you're driving around, you're using just a portion of that power. But if you ever get out somewhere where no one can see, and you're not going to kill yourself or kill someone, you start to tap into that power. It's few and far between when you can do it, and you hope you don't get caught. But there is so much power. It's latent energy, this potential. Potential is all you can become, but haven't become quite yet. It's all you can do, but you haven't done it yet. It's everywhere you can go, but you haven't gone there yet. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 says, so I press on that I may lay hold of that which also I, I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Kind of wordy, but I want you to know there is more. We're running a race, but there's somewhere that we're going. We are not made to stay where we are. We're not made to stay on that cycle in the fat stage. We're made to go somewhere, to do something. We have a purpose. I want to ask you, I wonder, what's inside of you? What's in you? There is something so powerful that can change the world. You, you can change the world. You can what latent, unused potential gifts are inside of you? God doesn't want you to settle for anything less than his very best. You have been created with special talents and abilities and gifts. That's so wonderful, but even more important, 
is that you use them and that you invest them. Only when you put them to action will you be able to crash through these limitations, these barriers that are in front of you. Do you know that God doesn't put you in front of a barrier and not prepare you to get through it? He's given you the strength, the power, the ability to get through it. But because we don't know we have these gifts, because we don't know how to use them, because we have no confidence in ourselves, we stay on this side of the wall. We stay here and we don't push through. Look again at the caterpillar. You know, kind of in this, the caterpillar age, is, this is maybe not a great example, but a spiritual glutton just taking in, all intake and no growth. There's more than just intake. There's more than just what can the church do for you. There's more than just what can God do for you. There is a purpose for you. Unfortunately, so many Christians get stuck right here. Hebrews, Hebrews 5.12 says, you've been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. Now, before you get mad at me and think I'm yelling at you, I'm not. We've got a place to go. And we need as a church to recognize that we have not arrived. But we have a place to go. Something that's so hot deep in my heart is vision. Is where are we going? Why did God create this church back in 1950? What's the purpose of our church? What's the purpose of me? What's the purpose of you? And let's go do that. Not what do we want to do? What looks good? What looks good across the street? What looks good in another town? What has God called me to do and am I doing it? I will find a fulfillment that cannot be replaced by anything else if I find that. Our church will find its fulfillment and we will see breakthrough in our city. Our church is a breakthrough agent for our city. If we're not doing that, we've missed it. That's why the church is here, is to be more powerful than I can be on my own. Jesus is coming back for the church. And he says that we are to be preparing the bride for the bridegroom. Are we? Or do we just sit in a service? Now listen, I'm not trying. I am the product of this. It's my fault. I'm not blaming anybody else other than me, but I can tell you this. I'm not standing here any longer. I'm going somewhere. We're going somewhere. That spiritual glutton, that, that caterpillar, I think the church happens here. We were talking in Sunday school this morning. The next generation has moved on. But the church has stayed here. We must be willing to move. You know what's happening today? And I don't have the details on this, and Pastor Justin's probably going to shoot me for saying this. But there's going to be hundreds, possibly thousands of people at Dogwood Park today doing this Pokemon Go thing. They're not at the church. That's what they're doing. But is the church willing to say, okay, if that's where they are? It says, it says for us to be in the world, but not of the world. That means we go to where they are. We don't somehow pray, oh God, let Pokemon Go show up at our church this morning. They're not going to. We can pray that all day. God says, oh no, 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 Pokemon Go is at Dogwood. Go there, church. God doesn't say everybody go to church. God says, church, go. Go. And I don't mean go to the Pokemon thing and start beating them over the head over how they're sinners and they're going to hell. No. That's why they're not here. 
You go and you be in the world, but not of the world. You go and walk with them and try to understand this stupid game. (laughs) And then you develop relationship. And then they pick their head up from their phone and they look you in the eye. And then you see a tear come down their face because they're falling apart. And now we have something to offer them. Rather than hoping they'll somehow have some whatever these little characters are. Can, can, can Pokemon Go start sending their characters inside the church building? Then people have to walk in and go, they're here? Well, all right. Where is everybody? They won't come in. They probably think they'd be disruptive. That's the world. They won't come in because they feel like they don't fit. It's our part to go fit with them, to go, for us to get equipped in here, to get the Spirit of God in us and us go to where they are. Church, go. Can anybody get excited? This is where we're going. As a church, if we're not going into the world, we're not doing the right thing. We must go. Somebody get excited. Look at a, the next scripture, 1 Corinthians 3. Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would spiritual people. I had to talk as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in Christ. Let's keep going. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger, and you still aren't ready. For you're still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove you're just controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? Now, I want to tell you, we have to recognize that we have another phase to go to. Us as individuals, us as a church. I am desperate for the knowledge of God. I'm desperate. Um, I know many of you are facing challenges with your jobs, with your kids, with your health, with issues that you just really, without God helping, you're in trouble. And that's where I am. My life's not about to fall apart. We're all good. But I will tell you, if God's not with me, I'm going to lose in every area. And I'm desperate. And something I realize is my thinking isn't always right. I think it is. So I try to do it that way until I hit a wall and I realize I've made a mistake. Well, I can change or I can keep making that mistake. The difference is I'm the one that needs to change. God says he'll give me wisdom if I'll ask for it, but I've got to ask for it. And do you know what? He doesn't always just speak audibly to me. I've got to ask others for wisdom. I've got to go find other people that I can trust that has knowledge, that has been through something and come out on the right side of it and say, what do I do here? Then they speak it to me. It's like me laying in the doctor's chair and him saying, ooh, you have a cavity. Well, you're the devil. You don't have the right to speak that over me. Shut up. What do you mean? You chose to lay in my table. You asked for help. I told you you've got a problem. Now, I can sit here and keep that cavity or I can let him fix it. It's my choice. I must change. The church must change. Our view must change. But unfortunately, we sit there as those caterpillars and think we don't have anywhere to go. But we have somewhere to go. Breaking that mentality, I want Elizabeth to share something about how we get programmed as children in our families and don't realize we have options. Can you come share just for a moment? 
Okay, so um, first of all, I just want to tell you um, the area that I teach, you know, we talk about intergenerational cycles. Um, we look at different theories, social learning theories. I've, I've mentioned these things before you, to you before, but what I want to tell you is without the knowledge of God and without knowing the living God that I know, that I love, that I serve, I don't know that I could look at that stuff all day long because it's hard. And you realize that when people have grown up, and let me just say this, um, for example, if people have grown up in an abusive home, the chances of them growing up and being abusers is highly likely, it's like a third, um, that, that they will themselves become abusers. And, and then also there's a chance that they'll go on and be abused. Um, same way with alcohol addictions. I mean, you guys know this. You've been in the world. You've probably seen this. You probably have family members or you've seen examples of this. But, um, you know, the thing that I want to say is that we have hope. And, you know, some of the things that I love about the area that I teach in is that sometimes people will come to me later and they'll say, you know what? I finally understand my life. I get it. Like, I, I can see why I am the way I am. But what, but what I really desire and what I feel like God desires is, you know what? Yeah, maybe we see it, but you know what? There's hope, and we can change. And that's what this message is about, is we get this word, we get this knowledge, we feed on the word of God and the things of the Lord and the people that he's put in our pathway. And you know what? There's hope. There's hope because you know what? We can overcome this. We can overcome. And so just because maybe you've been in a place where you say, but you don't know my family. You don't know my background. You don't know what I live. You don't know the natural tendency that I revert back to. And you know what? Have you ever been around somebody or even seen it in yourself when you have a response to someone and you think, my goodness, where did that come from? That, that was uh, how my mom or dad would respond or that's how I was treated as a child or those things that you think, oh my goodness. But you know what? The Holy Spirit has given us the fruits of the Holy Spirit and self-control is one of those. Kindness and peace and patience. And so, you know what? We just don't have to sit here and live in that cycle and watch that cycle repeat. There's freedom. There's freedom. And there's transformation. And you can come out on the other side and so I just want to encourage you in that today. Is that okay? Amen. Amen. Well, I talked about this Wednesday night, but I'm going to share again about it because where do we go? How do we get from the caterpillar to the butterfly? And it's intentional. You've got to make a decision. You've got to make a choice to say, okay, I would say that that probably in some areas of my life, and that's me, I will say this, in some areas of my life, I'm still there. I have not allowed real transformation to take place. So what do you do? 
So I want to give the analogy of what I went through this week as the Lord spoke to me. I, had, I went to the dentist, and I hate the dentist. Anybody here that's a dentist? I'm sorry. Please, y'all hate the dentist? Okay. <laughs> that's what I, that isn't what I was going to say. But anybody that is a dentist, forgive me. But you've got to forgive them too because they hate you too. Okay. I hate going to the dentist. I hate it. But we changed insurances. We had to go somewhere else. I couldn't go to my normal person, which was family, which I trusted. I'm a cynic when it comes to dentists. I think they're trying to give me something I don't need, and I just don't like them. I probably need to be sozoed over dentists. But sozo is our kind of deep prayer release, freedom, freedom prayer. Yeah, I need freedom. No, I just don't need a dentist. So, but but we had to change and went to have a teeth cleaning, and I've had a little bit of an issue in my teeth. So I want you to apply this to your life. We go through change, stuff's happening, but you're also having some pain somewhere. Does anybody have pain somewhere? And I don't necessarily mean physical pain. However, it might be physical pain. But I knew something was going on, and I laid down in that chair. Now, the dentist did not come hunt me down and drag me and strap me down into that chair. God does not do that to us. God's waiting for us to lay in that chair and to let him do his work in us. But he's not going to make us. But I'm laying there praying, God, don't let him find my problem. <laughs> even though it hurts, I'd rather just not even have to deal with it. I'd rather just let me go and I'm going to feel good about myself. Yeah, it hurts a little bit, but so be it. But we're afraid of God dealing with our real issues. That it's like, no, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to get around that person because they're going to notice what's going on in my life and it's going to hurt. But what you don't realize is that that dentist has the knowledge and the ability to fix it. Yeah, there's a little bit of lay in there and opening up your eye, opening up your mouth and seeing smoke coming up and you're wondering what kind of fireworks are going on in your mouth. And yeah, it's a little sore for a while, but the end product is it's gone. But where we need to go is this chrysalis stage. This chrysalis stage, anything in the process of developing a preparatory or tr transitional state. And you know what? I have to choose. I have to choose that. When the word says for me to be transformed in the mind, that's my choice. To allow my mind to be transformed. God does not make me do that. He's waiting for me to let him do that. So how do, I, how do we get into that place, that chrysalis, this cocoon? And do you know what? You've got to stay in it. If you come out too soon, things go wrong. But it is spending intentional, real time with the Lord. Let me show it to you. 2 Corinthians 3. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is spirit. So we are allowing change intentionally by God, not letting the world change. Let's look in Romans chapter 12. Don't copy the behaviors of the world and the customs of this world, but let God transform you. Let God. Can we put you let God in front of that? You let God transform you into a new person. How do we become a new person? By changing the way we think. Then you will know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. 
Unfortunately, we don't want to lay in that seat. It takes effort. It takes time. I want to encourage you. Let God, let him submit and humble yourself and allow God to change your thinking, to soften your heart. It takes time, nourishment, formation takes part here. The transforming of your mind, a different way of thinking. Imagine getting up every day with the intention of transformation of your mind. God, it is my desire that my mind be transformed by you. Now, what do I need to do? I can pray that, but I, have an, I need to make an effort. I need to get in the Word. I need to get to studying. I need to be listening. I need to be getting with other people that speak into my life, not people that tear me apart, people that speak into my life, speak truth. Sometimes truth feels like you're being torn apart, but that's different. People that will speak truth into my life, but I have to go seek that out. You know, I've got a couple people that will speak truth to me, but unless I point blank ask them, they still don't. I had a conversation with somebody this week and just said, look, if I've got something hanging out of my nose, tell me. I know we want to be not kind to each other and be encouraging all the time, but look, if my hair's messed up, tell me. And I'm not asking you for styling issues, styling preferences of my hair. But do you hear me? I have to ask those in my staff. Sometimes I have to just point blank say, what is it? We're going through the motions, having our meetings and doing well with each other, but we're not getting to the point. So I don't want another word spoken until we get to the point. What is it? And you know what? They'll say it. Okay. You know what that's me doing? I'm having to dig I'm having to ask, I don't know this answer, but I feel like you have something to offer me. Give it to me. Let's get in that cocoon together for just a minute and let me consider changing my thinking. Because I recognize we've come to a wall. So many times, marriages, if you don't get in that cocoon with each other, you will continue to struggle. You've got to get in in that cocoon with each other. I'm sorry, I'm just going to keep using this analogy. Until you get to the bottom, until you get to truth. What's wrong? What have I done? What have, what, where have we messed up? Where is your heart? Where is my heart? Now, what do we do from here? God, where's my heart? Do you know he's waiting for that? God, I can't get over this barrier at work. I can't get over this barrier with my wife. I can't get over this barrier with my child. I can't get over this barrier with my finances. Okay. The Lord says, okay. Get in the chrysalis with me. I'll change you. But you've got to come in. You've got to come in. And church, this is not weird. I'm not trying to get you to do some weird spiritual thing. I'm trying to get you tied to tie the knot with the Lord. Did y'all feel that? Was that weird? I, I want to just acknowledge the Spirit of God right there. The Spirit of God is touching somebody. Just stop for just a second. People draw near me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. 
I will give you a new heart. And I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. If you let him. Let God change you. How? Listen to me, church. Command it. Command it from your heart. Command it from your heart. Speak it over your life. Get in that bubble with the Lord. You, your mind, your thinking, your heart, your life. Uh, We sang a song this morning about the second song we sang. Take my whole life, take my whole world. I can't remember exactly how it went. Take it all. No one can make you but you. Command it. Do you know this scripture? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. What is that saying? Me, soul, you bless the Lord. I am, my spirit is commanding my flesh. My spirit is in charge of my flesh, not my flesh in charge of my spirit. I take control over my life and over my flesh. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. I will bless his holy name. I command it that my mind change into the image of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. Now I must get in that cocoon with the Lord, with the word, with the spirit, with other spiritual people that I can trust and begin to allow my mind to change. Church, the mind of the church must transform. The world has moved to a different location. We must change. The church must change. We must reach the world. Look at this command. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. That's a command. Create in me a new heart. Get out of the flow of the world. Get out of the cocoon of the world and get in the presence of the Lord. Church, you have to make an effort. It is not a Sunday one-hour thing. It's a lifestyle change. It will not happen Sunday one hour. God does not want your one hour on Sunday. He wants you. He wants to change your heart. He wants to show you that 90% that's under the water. And you know what's funny? You know it's there. You know it's there. But you don't know how to get to it. That's where we're going. Will you go with me? Let's go. This week, get in the Word. Get in that bubble. You and the Lord. Just start with the intention of transforming your mind. Amen. You guys stand up with me. Let me bless you.